Riesco is going to come up and testify. How about we give him a hand, everybody? Hallelujah. I just wanted to share a quick story. About a month ago, no, no, in July, two years ago, so about like two years and a month ago, my mom, were sitting, my mom and I were sitting at a park. We were entirely unsaved and confused and lost. And I asked her what the meaning of life was. She had no idea. I had no idea. And I realized that clearly the meaning of life is not family because my family had just let me down. I was confused. My mom was confused. About 30 days later or so, we came to Metro, still confused. Uh, and I just remember asking God, like, if you're real, show me, God. Give me a sign. And, and I completely surrendered myself. I was on my knees and everything. God touched me, showed me that the meaning of life was to live for him and, and, and save souls for him and for the kingdom. And, and that was the most fulfilling meaning. That is the most fulfilling meaning. So I just pray that, you know, everyone who doesn't have Jesus and doesn't have meaning finds it in him. Because it is the only true fulfillment. So I just wanted to share the scripture right quick. Ecclesiastes, something, I, I can't really pronounce that word. Uh, 12, 13 through 14. The end of the matter, all has heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. Amen. Amen. For this is the whole duty of man. That is our whole duty, to fear the Lord and to share his love with people. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Amen. Amen. I just pray that God blesses the service. God blesses his people. We just thank God for his blessings, Lord. I, I just pray for the, um, the dunking of people and the renewing of lives today Amen. at our baptisms. Amen. And uh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Just like our brother Juan said, today's a special service. Uh, we do have baptisms today. We're excited about that. Amen. So church, let's wake up this morning. Go ahead and stretch your arms out. Shake your legs. So we sing a lot of songs about dancing and running. And please, if the Holy Spirit uh, uh, just moves it inside your heart to jump, go ahead and jump. Amen. So let's go ahead and get this party started. One, two. Your kindness fills my life. Your 
place and you're getting baptized today and some of you are in this place you've been saved and some of you are in this place are maybe figuring out for the first time about God and who he is just just take some time right now to reflect because he is a good God and it's because of Jesus when he came and he died on the cross 
Well, take some time to think about that right now.
against you. His love is lavished on you. Come on, one more time as your love. As your love. In wave after wave. Crashes over me. Crashes over me. For you are for us. You are not against us. Champion of heaven. You made a way for us to. Let's sing that out. Come on. Hallelujah. Say it out. Shout it out. Hallelujah. 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 Our champion made a way. He is for us. He is on our side. We worship you, Jesus. forgiven. 
You need your sins to be cleansed. The Bible says that everyone has sinned. All have fallen short from God's standard. But he sent Jesus on the cross to take our place, to redeem us, to bring us back into relationship with our God, with our Father, so that we can have the opportunity to be his child again, to be saved from eternity in hell. With all eyes closed all across this room, you will know if God is speaking to you. You will know if you are not right with God. I pray that today is a, the day that you get right with Jesus, that you make a commitment, that you come to him as his love crashes over you, that you will say, yes, Jesus, I want to be yours. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. God, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you for your power that is being displayed. I thank you for your love that is being showered over us this morning. And I ask, oh God, that today would be the day that they get right with you, that they choose you, that they stop resisting you, that they will come to you for the forgiveness of their sins so that they can be taken out of darkness, brought into your light, brought into your kingdom, oh God. In Jesus' name I pray and everybody said amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, we're going to have our prayer workers here to the side, Pastor Berto and Pastor Griselda. During the fellowship time, they are going to pray with you. They can tell you about our church, let you know how you could get plugged in, discipled. But I plead with you this morning, get right with God. Today is a day of salvation. Stand up to your feet with me, please, this morning as we prepare to recite our confession of faith. The reason why we cite this week after week is because we want to declare that this is our Christian worldview. This is the lens in which we see society, the lens in which we see the world play out all around us. This is the, the message, the statement, the truth that we will stand upon. If you're with me, let's recite this together in the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation and his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Come on. Spend some time hanging out. Give somebody a hug and come get prayer if you need to. Welcome to Metro Praise.
Amen. How many of you guys excited to be at church this morning? Come on, I feel the love. We are so excited, so thankful on behalf of all of our leaders here that you came to join us at Metro Praise International. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Our services here are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. And then we have Elevate on Fridays at 7 p.m. for ages 11 to 18 years old. They're rocking it out for Jesus. It's an awesome time for our young people. And we just thank all of you guys for being with us this morning to celebrate what's coming up. We have our MPI baptisms today. Come on. And some barbecue. We are so excited for all of our friends, our family who are making the decision, the commitment. They have made that commitment to follow Jesus. And today they're shouting it out from the rooftops. They're letting the world know that they are not ashamed. They're going to hide themselves in Jesus. And we thank you to all the family, to all the friends, co-workers, whoever you are, to the people that are getting baptized. Thank you for coming out and supporting them. This is huge. And so we just want to uh, continue to extend our gratitude to you as a church for making this special day that much more meaningful by being here and supporting them. And the, for the month of September, we have a new sermon series for you guys. It's the Kingdom of God. Come on. How many of you guys excited to learn about the Kingdom of God? It is going to be powerful. You don't want to miss it. Keep inviting your friends and your family. If this is your first time here, we want to welcome you back. You want to be a part of these messages for the month of September. It's going to be a powerful time. So we welcome you on back and keep on coming and don't stop. So look to your neighbor say, don't stop coming. Our vision here at MPI is very simple. It's loving God, loving people. Our, our discipleship strategy is threefold. It's connect, mentor, and send. The way we want to connect you to the church, connect you to Jesus, is through our life groups. Somebody say life groups. On the back of your handout, we have a list of life groups that are available for you and your family to get connected to. Find one that meets your needs as far as time, location, the type of life group that we're offering because we want you guys to get connected, build friendships in the church. You're not called to live this journey for Jesus by yourself. So here's a snapshot of what's happening this week for our life groups. Kicking it off today at 5 p.m. are our single mamas. Come on, give it up for them. Child care is included. They're having an awesome time with Jesus when they get together. Tuesday, the Resistance Elevate Life Group. 11 to 18 years old, 6 p.m., they meet here at the church. Wednesday, the Righteously Redeemed Elevate Life Group. 11 to 18 years old, 6 p.m., meeting here at the church. Wednesday, we have our King's Kids, infant to 11 years old, 6.30, here at the church. And that is every Wednesday for your children. Drop them off, have some free time, go have a day night, do some laundry, whatever you got to do. But your children have got to be here if they are the ages of infant to 11 years old. We have our Boys Club, Royal Rangers, Impact Girls Club. They're getting discipled. They're learning about Jesus. It's an awesome time for our kids. And then every Friday, we have two adult Bible studies. Look to your neighbor. Say every Friday. Adult Bible studies. One at the Govea's house. The other one is at the Walker's house. Both have child care. It's for 18 years and up, meeting at 7 p.m. You have got to be there. So we want our teenagers here on Fridays and all of our adults blowing up their houses on Fridays. Max it out, guys. Come on. That is where you want to be. Build friendships. Get closer to Jesus. Then Saturday, we have the Ambassadors Elevate Life Group. 11 to 18 years old, they're meeting at 3 p.m. here at the church. And Saturday, evangelism, all ages welcome, 5 p.m. Come on now, share your faith with Jesus on the street. Then when you get connected, somebody say, get connected. Then get mentored. 
Welcome to Your New Life is our 101 book. We have leaders ready to take you through this book. When you graduate the 101, you'll get into the 201 class, Disciples That Make Disciples, where your journey of discipleship will continue, will train you to be a leader, then we'll send you out to keep winning people for Jesus. And our goal at MPI is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and then 500 around the world. If you believe we could do that by God's grace, say amen. If you want to be a part of that, say amen again. Come on, I know I want to be a part of it. We've been saying it for 10 years since we started this church, and it's not going to stop. Look to your neighbor say, it won't stop. Amen. We're going to turn to the Disciples Giving book in Section 3, our weekly lesson on tithes and offerings. Section 3 is all about stewardship. Today we are on Lesson 7, Stewards Are to Be Fruitful. How many of you guys believe that God wants you to be fruitful? Come on. We're going to be reading in John chapter 15, verse 5. Stewardship is the wise management of everything God has entrusted us with. So when you think of everything that is in your life, all the things that you were responsible for, God has given that to you, and he wants you to be a wise manager, a steward of what he's given to you because we're going to be held accountable for it one day. Let's read in John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So without Jesus, we can't accomplish anything in this life. We must stay connected to the vine. Here are the three main points from that passage of scripture. Number one, God is the source of all blessings. Jesus taught the disciples that he was the vine and they were the branches. This means that everything the branches produce comes from the vine. Apart from the vine, the branches can do nothing. We must stay connected to Jesus, in tune with Jesus. Number two, we must remain in Jesus. Success can sometimes bring pride into people's heart and get them cut off from Jesus. We need to always remember that following Jesus and being connected to him is more important than worldly things. We cannot allow the things of this world, the material possessions, all this wonderful stuff that we enjoy in this life, they cannot take the place of Jesus. It will choke out our relationship with him. We must stay committed to him, connected to him, and give glory and praise and thanks to him for all that we have. And number three, bear much fruit. Jesus desires to give you fruit in life. If you remain Remain faithful to Jesus, he will make you fruitful. Being fruitful in life includes finances, family, and spiritual growth. If you want to grow in those areas, in your finances, in your family, in your spiritual growth, it's going to come from your walk with Jesus. If you want to bless marriage, it's going to come from your connection with Jesus. If you want your finances to be in order and your needs to be met, to have more than enough so that you can bless others, you have to be faithful to Jesus and do what he commands. Come on, how many fruitful people do I have in this place? How many of you guys are bearing the fruit of God in your life? Here's a summary. Be faithful to Jesus, and he will make you fruitful. Faithfulness produces fruitfulness. Here's the application. Number one, be faithful in giving your tithes, 10% of your total income, and offerings, anything you give after your tithes. Number two, get connected and stay connected. Look to your neighbor and say, stay connected to Jesus by obeying all of his commands. And number three, pray every day for the Lord to make you fruitful in all you do. Come on, if you want that in your life, let's confess this confession over our life on the count of three. One, two, three. 
God has called us to be managers that are committed to stewarding whatever gifts we have received from him. We are to be wise, fruitful, faithful, trustworthy, multiplying, and shrewd stewards, living debt-free and generous lives, providing an inheritance for our children and grandchildren. Please stand up with me on your feet this morning as we prepare to give God our best, our tithes, and our offering. Again, here at MPI, we believe that a tithe is a 10% of your total income, and an offering is anything above that, an amount between you and the Lord, out of a generous heart, not out of compulsion. We designate our offerings towards two places, missions and building. And so throughout the year, we'll, we'll support different missions throughout the, throughout the time. And then our building fund right now, we are currently in. We thank you for partnering with us. Our Metro Praise International Church lit up sign to go across the storefront. We're more than halfway there. We're so excited to be able to have that probably before the end of the year. So keep on giving, keep on being generous, and stay connected to Jesus. And we also have two other uh, convenient ways for you to give or purchase items in the church using your credit or debit cards. One is at our easy-to-use website, and the other one is in the back with either myself or Pastor Griselda. If you have any questions about that, please see us after service. Let's recite this verse together. Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, Give, and it will be given to you. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for entrusting us with all that you've given to us, Lord. And we, we declare that we will be wise and faithful stewards and managers of all that you've given so that we can bring glory to your name. I pray that you bless the gift and the giver this morning. I pray that you meet and prosper and bless their life, God, on the job, prosperity, raises, increase, promotions, Lord. I pray that they're uh, they would be filled to overflowing with your provision so that we could be blessed to be a blessing. Use us to reach Chicago and to reach the nations, God, with your gospel. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, amen and amen. And please come forward as you give this morning, and thank you so much for your generosity. Amen. At this time, we want to present a special song to you. I want to call up Desiree to come on up. She's a precious sister in the Lord. She has a testimony that will blow your mind. God has been faithful. God has been her provider. She is an awesome woman of God, has such a gift 
of music and singing and bringing people into the presence of the Lord. She's got a beautiful life. She's married. She's got four beautiful children, one on the way. Can I announce that since you announced it before? We love her and her family, and we want her to share that gift of music with you. This is a song that she wrote how many years ago? Two years ago? Three years ago. It is such a cry of her heart. You guys will 100% be blessed, ministered to, brought to tears possibly, and it's just an, a powerful song. Let it minister to you today as she shares this song with us. Amen. Thank you. You can put it up. Time ago, before I stepped into the front door, wondering where, where, where I can go to step into your flow. Wasn't long before, yes, I know that you was the only one that I need to complete my soul. Uh, so, so here I go. Yes, I'm walking slow, cause I'm not gonna lie. I feel everybody's eyes creep upon my side. Just flowing uncontrolled. God, I feel all alone. I feel like I lost my home. So tell me what I got to do to get back into this move with you. Please just hold me tight. Never let me go. Listen to my cry, cause I'm saying, Lord, my God, I need you. Sorry about that. Go. Wasn't long before, yes, I know that you was the only one that I need to complete my soul. To let you know I'm done. That old desert is gone, and this new desert is stronger than before. Please just let me in. Don't, don't close your doors. Open up the heavens and hear me roar. Such beauty before me, my everything, my peace, my joy, my king. Forgive me, my God, I'm sorry. I got to have you in my life. My God, I need you. Lord, I want you. I got to have you by my side. No, 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 no. I don't really care what they call this. Crying out today, I need. 
Good job. Awesome. Give it up one more time for Desi. Thank you. That old Desi's gone. This new Desi's strong. Come on, somebody say grace. This is the end of the summer series of grace, and what a better way to end it out than to end it out with baptisms. I want you to open up your Bible with me to Ephesians chapter 2. We are going to end it out with what I believe is one of the best messages of the entire series. If you have missed any of the messages, go back on the website, mpichurch.org, and check them out. Everybody say grace. You know, as you see each person getting baptized today, it is because of God's grace that they're getting baptized. If you ever see a Christian and their life is changed, it's because of God's grace. Anytime you see the cross and the suffering of Jesus, it's because of God's grace. Would you gentlemen put up the notes for me, please? Ephesians chapter 2. Today's message is God's abundant grace. When I think about Ishmael over here sitting by his lonesome, I know that when he has a party, he loves to have abundant food. He loves to have abundant drinks. He loves to have abundant guests. And you know what? That's because God has given him abundant grace. And when you have grace, you got to share it. Amen? Look at these notes on your Bible, wherever you're at. Ephesians chapter 2. Everybody say grace one more time. Amen. We'll be moving into a new series next month on the kingdom of God. But never forget, my friends, the only reason why we can be in the kingdom of God, to have kingdom blessings, to have the power of the kingdom, is because of God's grace. So grace is not something we move away from. It's something we build everything upon. So as you hear new sermons and new teachings, we never move away from grace. We never say, I'm done with grace. Let's go on to something else. No, grace is the foundation. Grace is what we build our lives upon. Amen? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10. You've heard it all summer long because it's been a summer of grace. Hashtag, hashtag. It's all about that grace. Somebody should, should tweet it one more time. Instagram it one more time. If you're putting up Desi's song, put it summer of grace. Come on. For it is by grace. Shout it out. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. No one boasts in their own ability. No one says, I saved myself. No one says, I changed myself. Nobody says, I did this on my own. This is the 10th year anniversary of Katrina. I've been down there many times, and I was there right after it hit and did relief work. It was awesome to see God's church show up in the midst of tragedy. I'm not thankful for the tragedy, but I'm thankful for the body of Christ that showed up and showed off in the midst of that. I was down in the flooded areas. The houses were destroyed, but the church was strong by God's grace. I saw people pulling up in Cadillac Escalades, had a beautiful home, but they were saying, do you have a toothbrush? Do you have something for my children to lay on at night, a pillow for them? Because they had lost it all. But listen to me. Katrina's tragedy only shows us that this world is going to end and it's grace that's going to get us through. But listen to me today. When those people were suffering, when they were in those flooded areas and they were on top of their roofs, some of them, and those Coast Guards came to get them, they didn't save themselves. They had tried everything to save themselves. They had tried to build up their walls. They had tried to seal up their doors, but the waters kept rising. They tried to do all that they could. Many of them couldn't swim, and all they could do was sit on that roof and wait either to die or to be rescued. Some of you have seen those pictures of them waiting on the roof. 
And when those Coast Guard men and women came down and lowered down the life jacket or that, 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 that thing for them to lay on to go back up that cot, they couldn't say, I saved myself. Everything they had did had failed. All they could say is that someone saved me. I want you to understand today it's only Jesus that can save you. It's only Jesus that can rescue you. You may be at the top of your roof right now, tried everything in life. You might have tried relationships. They failed you. The floods of the, the world kept coming in. The floods of sin kept coming in. You might have tried your family, and your family was just as lost and hurting as you were. But now today you may be at your last hope, but I'm telling you, you're at the perfect place to find the Savior because the Savior never fails to save. He will save all of us. If you've come to see your friends or family members get saved and you're not saved, you can get saved and go into that liquid grave, that baptism tank today, and bury your old person. That's what they used to call it was the liquid grave. You're going down one way, coming up another way. It's His abundant grace. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want you to hear three testimonies before I preach to you just briefly today because we're going to have a wonderful barbecue while people are getting baptized. But I want you to hear three testimonies from three special people that have come to know the Lord's grace. They weren't perfect. They weren't religious. They just knew they needed a Savior, and the Savior saved them. I want to start off with someone that's so special today. Her name is Ashley. Would you give it up as Ashley comes? Let her share her testimony with you. Go ahead, Ashley. All right, guys. So because of God's abundant grace, I was given love. After being abandoned by my father as a child and really struggling through that, I did not allow love into my heart. I felt love only came from other people, so validation from people around me. But when I gave my heart to Jesus and I was saved, he filled my heart with a love that cannot be measured nor diminished by any standards and by anyone on this earth. So God's abundant grace made me the loving servant I am today. I truly know the love of a father, the heavenly father. Amen. Good job. Yes. Awesome. I want to call up another trophy of God's grace. Tina. Albertina, would you come, please? Where are you at? There you're at, sister soldier. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Because of God's abundant grace, I am alive. Four years ago, before I met Jesus, I begged God to kill me. I hated whom I had become. Years of abuse, addiction, deception, brokenness, and anger left me alone and abandoned, lifeless. But praise God for his abundant grace, Jesus, who saved me on January 2011. Today, I am alive, free from who I was, free from the things I mentioned, living life in his abundant grace, filled with love, joy, peace, direction, and most importantly, addicted to my first love, Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. That's what's happening today. That's what the summer of grace has all been about. Don't say to yourself, that can't happen to me. It can happen to you. And don't say, well, you know what? Those people, they're not really as good as everyone thinks they are. They're not saying they're without mistakes. They're just saying that they have Christ on the inside, and he is their righteousness. He is their forgiveness. He is their new life. And if God can do it for them, God can do it for you. 
Let's have Curtis come up and be our last one for the day. Curtis. Curtis. Hi, everyone. I'm Curtis. And uh, because God's abundant grace, I was in a really bad place about two years ago. Just didn't know who Jesus was. And I broke up with the daughter of my mother of my daughter. And, you know, because of that, I found Jesus. And everything that he's done for me was, was just so special because it was such a hard life to coming from the life I used to be to living for Jesus. It was such a struggle and a depression that I was in. But because of God's abundant grace, I am no longer there. I know the love of Jesus. And if Jesus could do that for me, I want to encourage you. He could do that for you. I want you to think about just those testimonies that you heard. A young lady growing up in a fatherless home. Another young lady talking about addictions and bad habits and abuse. And a man talking about a broken relationship, hurting his heart. How many men here would really be honest and say that they had been through a broken relationship that broke their heart? But see, Curtis was bold enough to tell it. You know, how many people would stand and say, I was a fatherless child and it hurt me. But you see, they were willing to tell it. You know why? Because they're not afraid of their past because they know God has given them a beautiful present and a hopeful future. They're not afraid because that's not who they are anymore. They're changed. Everybody say grace. Open up with your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Here is the message and I will be brief today because I want to get to what it's all about today. Baptizing those who have come to lay it all down and to come up a new person living that new life. But I do want to talk a little bit for the sake of everyone here to be reminded if you already know and if you've never heard it for the first time, I want to share this with you. God has abundant grace for you. I was a high school dropout at the age of 18. I was arrested eight times. I was a drug dealer. I was on drugs. My life was messed up. I needed help. I reached out to my mother. She told me I needed Jesus. I cursed her out. My mother said that was one of the most heartbreaking phone calls. But then just a few hours later in desperation, I said, what do I have to lose? Why don't I give this Jesus a try? Then that was November 5th, 1995. I went to my mother's house at the kitchen table, broken, left alone by all the relationships, all the hurt, the pain. And I said, Jesus, if you're real, would you touch my heart and show me? And from that day, I have been saved. I have been changed and transformed. And this November makes 20 years. God's amazing grace. I don't think when you woke up this morning that you thought your pastor was going to tell you he used to be a drug dealer. But welcome to a church that keeps it real. We were all born sinners. It didn't matter what sin we chose. We all chose sin. And Christ is saying, I choose you. Do you want to change? Change is possible in Jesus. Look at this passage, Romans chapter 5, verse 20 and onward. Paul is speaking here. He teaches us about abundant grace. So don't just think it's a bunch of hype today. It's built upon the word of God. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. People sin more and more, but as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. See, God gave his law so that we could see how much we break it and need him. It was a stop sign telling us you need to stop, but yet we kept going. It was a speed limit sign telling us we need to slow down, but we kept speeding up. But as the sin kept going more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them death, what did sin bring? Death. Everybody say death. 
Now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God, resulting in eternal life. Sin brings death, but what does God's grace result in? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of this wonderful grace? That's what some people say. I'm already a Christian, then I might as well just keep on sinning. Verse 2, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how, we, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism? See what happens in baptism? We're joined with who? We're joined with Christ. That's why a baby shouldn't be baptized. A baby should just be prayed for so that when they grow up, they can be baptized. Because a baby can't make an honest decision to repent of their sins. If a baby dies, they go to heaven with or without baptism. But baptism is for all those with conscious minds to make a decision. I want to repent of my sin and be joined with Christ. We have joined with him in his death, have we not? For we have died and we're buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also, everybody say, now we also say live a new life. Amen. I want to expose to you seven lies about God's abundant grace. Because I think it will help you understand God's grace better if I expose lies that I hear all the time. As a pastor, I hear these lies, and I want you to have them exposed in this passage today because it will bring you so much encouragement. The first lie that I hear often is man can be good without being born again so long as he keeps God's law. Sometimes we, we think that people don't need to be born again. All they have to do is just keep the law. Well, how well do you think right now people are doing at keeping God's law? They're not doing good at all. Now, you might even think to yourself here today, if you don't know Jesus, well, you know what? Maybe I've never killed anybody. You know, uh, I've never committed adultery, all these things. So I think God still loves me. I think, I mean, I think God will let me into heaven. Of course he loves you. But you may think that. Turn with me quickly to Matthew 5. See, most of us here would say we've never murdered. We've never committed adultery. But the problem is you don't know God's law. That's the problem. Because when you know God's law more, you actually find out you break God's law more. God's law does not save you. It's the grace of God that saves you. You think being a good person is going to get you into heaven? You can't be good enough of a person to get into heaven. And if you think you know all about God's law, you have another thing coming. Now, without raising hands, because I don't want to embarrass you, but just think to yourself, how many of you think you're doing good not murdering anybody right now? You'd say, Pastor, I'm doing good at that. Well, how well do you really know God's law? You have heard it said, you shall not commit murder, and anyone who murders is subject to death. You may know that, but do you know this about God's law? But I tell you, anyone who is what? Angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who curses out their brother and sister and says, Raka is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of what? The fire of what? See, you thought you were keeping God's law. You thought you were. And you thought you could get to heaven by saying, I don't murder anybody. But now God says, whenever you cuss out people, you're a murderer. Now, even those of us who say, I grew up knowing that if I was angry and hurtful in my heart, I was a murderer. Did that stop you from cursing out people? I was brought up in church. I knew I shouldn't be angry and curse out people. But I did it anyways. Why? Because the law doesn't save you. You cannot get to heaven just doing the law. The law only shows you when you mess up. Yeah. 
Now, if I ask you, how well are you doing at keeping the law of not committing adultery? Adultery. Most of you would say, I'm doing so good, Pastor. I haven't committed adultery. But look at what Jesus said. You have heard it say you should not commit adultery. But I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman or a man lustfully has already committed adultery with her in her or his heart. Hello, somebody. How well have you kept that law? See, you thought you were okay. You thought, hey, I don't commit adultery. I don't cheat on my wife. I haven't been a desperate housewife like, like Eva Longoria. But have you lusted in your heart? My friends, you have broken the law. Please put back up the notes. The first lie that is exposed by the grace of God is that you don't get to heaven by trying to keep God's law. All the law does, as, a, as Romans chapter 5, verse 20 tells you, is God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they are. So do you want to take a good person test and see if you pass it so you can get to heaven by keeping the law? Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Have you ever lusted in your heart? Have you ever cursed out somebody in anger? Have you ever blasphemed the name of the Lord? Have you ever been covetous, jealous of what somebody else had? My friends, you are a lawbreaker, and the more I talk to you about the law, the more you will be exposed of your own sin. But for God's grace... God's grace says to sinners who acknowledge their sin, I will save you. But here's the deal. You can't take credit for it. You can't say you played a part in it. But I'll save you if you believe in me as your Savior and you as the sinner. They teach lifeguards as they go to help drowning people to tell them, calm down, stop moving, and let me take over. If the lifeguard does not have a life craft next to them or a life jacket, they will then repeat to the person, calm down, let me take over. If that person keeps fighting them, keeps trying to hold on to them, they will choke the lifeguard and bring them both down to their death. The lifeguard is taught to push them away and say, I cannot help you until you stop fighting me. I cannot help you until you stop fighting me. Jesus says the same thing. You can't save yourself with me saving you. You can't do it with me and you. It's not 50-50. You either lean back into my everlasting arms and trust me to let me to save you, or I can't save you. Don't believe the lie that you can save yourself, that it's 90% God, 10% you. It's 100% God. It's Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. The next lie that I hear people talk about is that the more a person sins, the more God runs away from them. So God doesn't want to be in prisons because God just doesn't like sinners. And today you might be here today and you might feel, you know what, I have committed adultery or I have been in gangs or I, I have done these wicked things and you may think that God runs away from you, but that's another lie. The Bible doesn't say that God runs away when we have sin. It says, but when people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So God loves sinners. You can't scare God with your sin. Sure, I believe in justice. Sure, I believe that people should serve out sentences for the crimes they've done against humanity. But the crimes we've done against divinity have been paid for by Jesus. Jesus already knew all the wicked and evil you would do before you were born. And he said, at the cross, I got you covered. 
So it doesn't matter wherever you find yourself today, recognizing all of your sin and all your wickedness, it doesn't matter to God. He says, I still love you. You see, he who's been forgiven of much will loveth much. There's a story in the Bible of a prostitute washing Jesus' feet with her tears, with her hair, and with the most costly perfume she had. And the other religious people mocked her. They said, why is this prostitute doing this to Jesus? And he said, you see, you don't think you've been forgiven of much. That's why you're lost going to hell. But she loves me so much because she knows she's been forgiven of so much. And that goes for every sinner in here, friends, when you recognize how sinful you really were, how much you really broke God's law, and then you realize how much he really loves you. You will want to love him, not because you have to, but because he draws you to himself. You want to. The next lie that I see people believing about God's grace that I want to be exposed is that Christianity is a self-help and self-improvement religion. That it's kind of like yoga. It's kind of like Buddhism. We'll teach you how to pray a little bit. We'll teach you how to read your Bible a little bit. And then teach you a little bit of, of uh, going to church and how to clap. And then you'll just become a Christian. That's not true at all, my friends. Romans chapter 5, verse 21. Uh, look at what Paul said. He said, just as sin ruled over all people and brought them death, now God's wonderful grace rules over them. It is a literal transformation. That's what Christianity is. It's from death to life. It's not a little step in the right direction and then a little step in the right direction and then every now and then I step back into the wrong direction and then I step back into the right direction and then I chug a chug a chug a chug a chug chew chew. I'm going to make it one day. No, it's your dead. You're lost and Jesus Christ makes you alive. He finds you. He changes you. That which was once dead is alive is now a new creation. It's either you're born again or you're dead in your sins. You're either lost going to hell or you're found in the Father's house. It's not one way. Oh, it's only one way or the other. No medium place, my friends. Now, your process to wanting to surrender may take you years, but whenever you surrender, then you are saved. Now you are saved. The Bible says this is the day of salvation. Right now is the day. When was I saved? November 5th I was saved. I didn't start a spiritual treasure chest quest of spirituality. No, November 5th I went from being a sinner to a saint. Just as Desi saying, that old Desi's gone, this new Desi's strong. That's what the Bible says. I believe it. Number four, you know, another thing that people believe about the lie of grace is they say after a person's saved, they can sin as much as they want. It doesn't matter now because if I just know I'm sinful and ask Christ to be my Savior and then he loves me and it's abundant grace, well, then that just means I can keep on sinning. Is that what Paul says? Paul says, no. Do we keep on sinning so that the wonderful grace abounds? No. Why don't we keep on sinning, everybody? Somebody say, I'm dead to sin. Because we died to sin. Why don't I want to keep doing the things I did when I got saved that November 4th? Why did I stop the things I was doing November 5th that I was doing November 4th? Because I died to sin. Now listen to me, everybody, look up here. If you think salvation is anything other than you dying to sin, you have believed a lie. 
The truth is sin is in you until Christ comes in you and then sins are eradicated, placed on the cross, and it's no longer you that lives but Christ in you. And you may say, Pastor, well, what happens if I do sin? You are quick to repent because you don't want to keep living in sin. The one living in adultery truly doesn't know salvation because they haven't been dead to sin. Those of us who have been dead to sin couldn't even go a day in the same sin. Couldn't even go a week, a month. So don't believe the lie that you can just keep on sinning and everything's okay. Jesus Christ came to give you a new life, not a new religion. I'll say that again. Jesus came to give you a new life, not a new religion. Another lie that I hear people believe about the grace of God is that they have to wait until they die to be close to God. That they have to wait until they die to be joined with God. That God wouldn't really come here. He wouldn't really live in us now. We're just too wicked. The place that we live in, the world is too wicked. But that's not true. Look when Paul says here, when Christ comes and lives in our heart. He says, do you not know that you were joined with Christ in what? When was I joined with Christ? In baptism, when did Christ come to me? Symbolically in baptism. Actually, when I was born again, in baptism is a symbolic reminder of that. Just like communion is a symbolic reminder of the crucifixion of Jesus. I come into the baptism tank dry, representing my old life. I make a testimony of faith. I get dunked down. I am buried. I am then lifted up a new person, soaking wet and leaving now different than the way I came in. That symbolic act act of baptism is what happens when you're born again. So when are we joined to Christ? When we're born again and baptism shows the world, Christ is with me now. My old life is dead now and Christ is with me now. The next lie that we have to expose, scroll down for me please, that next lie down here is that when we get baptized, it's just to join the church. Some people say that. I ask them, have you been born again? And they go, oh yeah, I, I, I got baptized when I joined the church. That's not true. You're not just being, being baptized to join a church. I could baptize a pig and it's still a pig. Hello, somebody. I could baptize a sinner and it's still a sinner. The one that gets baptized is the one who says, I want Christ. It's the one who says to the whole world, all of you are going to be eating and enjoying food while these people are baptized. What they're saying is, I'm not just joining the church. I'm joining the family of God, the kingdom of God. I have eternal life because Christ is joined with me. And then lastly, we see another lie that's exposed in this passage is that once you're born a sinner, you'll always be a sinner. We're just sinners. We're all sinners. Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. All we can do in this life is just ask God to forgive us. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says now, right now, because of the glorious power of the Father, you may live a new life. If my old life was a sinner, what's my new life? A modified sinner? A self-improved sinner? How would you like that if you came to me and your car was in a total, it was totaled and it was messed up and all I did was just change your tires? You say, well, what about my broken windshield? What about the engine? What about all the other stuff that doesn't work? Well, we'll get to it. Eventually, three years from now, you'll have yourself a new car piece by piece by piece. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, by the glorious power of the Father, you may live a new life right now. 
right now you've been given your brand new life. What are you going to do with it? And so that's where I want to talk to those who are getting baptized today. Those who are getting baptized in this service, listen to me. Our sins did not catch God by surprise. Nothing you did caught God by surprise. Rather, our sinfulness gave God the perfect opportunity to display His wonderful and abundant grace so that we could be saved and live a new life. That's what it's about. That's what's happening out here today. It was God's perfect plan to save sinners so he could show how awesome he is. We can say back to God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for changing me. That's the power of the gospel. Would you stand to your feet with me, please? Would you give God a hand clap of praise if you believe it today? Amen. Band, would you come? Altar workers, would you come? I want to give you a couple practical things we're going to do. The only door that we want you to exit out of if you're going to join us for the barbecue and baptism is this back door here. We have sealed off the back door of the, the garage, not the garage, the parking lot. So if you want to stay with us now, what we are going to do is serve you some great food and have some awesome baptisms. If you want to do that, you'll just walk right out this door, and then our ushers and workers will get some food in your hands. We have a second service, another baptism. I'm excited about that. Can I hear an amen? But I'm not in a hurry. I want to take our time, but we're going to do it efficiently. If you want to stay, you're just going to walk out these doors. Ushers are going to show you how to get your plates of food. we got some tables you can sit at. Let the older people sit there first, then women, and then anybody else. And then we got a bunch of chairs just facing the baptismal tank. Our children are already out there. And while you're eating, each one of these people getting baptized are going to come to a microphone. They may be afraid. They may be shy. But they're going to share what God did in their life. And I pray that all of us are encouraged today by their stories. And if you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I have not yet received that grace and been saved, then right now is your day of salvation. You can do it. No one is judging you. Matter of fact, at this church, we're excited for you. I could go on the list of so many transformation here. We have people that work in the adult industry, nightclubs, strippers, dancers, former gang members, white crime, corruption, abusive fathers. I remember one time one of the men that I respected so much, he came to me after he got saved and I never knew it, and he said, I used to abuse my wife. I've seen God change everyone that wants to be changed. I've seen young people come and give their heart to God when there was no hope at home, no hope in their family. I got to just tell a little bit of my man's story. Today we are baptizing at the second service a mother who was in gangs basically her whole life. 
She almost died in a motorcycle accident. Her, husband, her boyfriend did die. She lost a part of her arm. She lost a part of her leg. She's been coming to the second service. She's getting baptized today. And you know what she told me? She just told me yesterday, uh, last week, I've left the motorcycle gang. And I've invited them all here to come watch me get baptized. That's what's happening in this church. That's what's happening. So I don't care who you are, what you've done. It doesn't matter if your testimony is like my wife. Never did drugs. Never had sex before marriage. Never smoked. Never drank. But you knew, like my wife knows, that you, like you know, like my wife knew, that you were a sinner, that you lusted, you were angry. God will save you just like he saved her. Because all sinners who come to the cross are saved and changed into saints. Let's pray. Father, as we get ready to do a baptism, as we get ready to keep on this tradition that has gone on for 2,000 years, as we get ready to keep the words that you gave us to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything you commanded and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and you'll be with us always. As we get ready to do this, God, I just wonder, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else, Jesus? that wants to get saved, that wants to be changed, that won't believe the lies of grace, but will know the truth of grace, that the truth of grace is powerful, transforming, and glorious. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I have prayed for you. I have preached to you. Do you want to be saved now? If you're here and every head bowed and eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus, but you want to know him as your personal Lord and Savior, would you just raise your hand high to the sky right now? Don't worry about who's looking around. We're not going to embarrass you or call you out. I just want you to make a public declaration to yourself and to God right now. In this room, I want to be saved. Come on, hands up all over this place. A few more moments if you're here saying, I want to be saved. Now everybody join your hands with them. And let us pray a prayer of faith and repentance and declaration. Say this with me, everybody, but especially those who raised their hands the first time. Jesus, I come to you today because I know you died on the cross for me. You paid the price for my sins. And I ask you today to forgive me of everyone. Make me a new creation. I want to be born again and live a new life. Now with everybody's hands raised, just begin to praise him right now and thank him. If you believe he hears prayers today, if you believe, if you believe he can change you today, just thank him. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Gracias, Señor. Thank you, Jesus. The same way you saved me, you're saving others right now. The same way you saved Tina, Ashley, and Curtis, you're saving others right now. I know it. And Lord, I ask that as we close out this time, that those who really prayed that prayer, would you listen to me as I pray this for you? God, those who really prayed that prayer, and they meant it, 
that they would come forward and find one of our other disciples, one of our altar workers here, to help encourage them that they will keep walking with you, living for you, and experiencing that new life. I pray they won't leave until they publicly speak it to another brother or sister and say, hey, I just did it. I've joined the family of God. I'm, gonna be, I'm born again, and I want to live for God. I pray they don't leave out here till they do that. In Jesus' name. And Lord, also, before I forget, bless the food and all those who prepared it. In your name we pray. Can everybody say amen? Would you bless them today? Amen. amen. This is what we're going to do. It's going to be really easy if you guys listen to everything I say. Okay, so parents, remember that phrase. Life goes easy for kids if they listen to everything you say. Here's how it's going to work. First row will go out by itself, then the second row, third row. So for the rest of you, could you wait till they go? But I want to say this. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, would you come forward? Or if you need prayer for anything, would you do that now? Amen. God bless you. Let's have a baptism service. First row, you're dismissed. Would you lead us in a beautiful song? Thank you. Let's get some of our ushers to stand there and help them go that way. All right, second row, thank you. If you need prayer, come on. By grace, by grace I'm free. You rescued me. No more I am is yours. All right, third row, thank you. If you need to change, we have bathrooms in the front and in the back. If you need to change, we have a bathroom here and one in the back. Fourth row, thank you for your patience. It's a beautiful day today, not too hot, not too cold. The sun is starting to shine. New lives are coming to Jesus. Come on, sister, high five. God bless you, amen. All right, fourth row, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you in the baptism tank. Get some food and enjoy yourself. God bless you if you have to go.